Well, hello and welcome to the Packaging Brothers podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our guest is the founder and CEO of Canna Change, uh, which is an app that allows consumers to return their recyclable cannabis packaging to participating dispensaries around the country. Um, and in return, there are points that are given both to the dispensary and potentially the customer. Our guest name is O'Neill Rudolph. She is a fascinating individual with a great story and a great work ethic and just an awesome approach to entrepreneurship and trying to create a fix that's going to make the world a better place in the industry that she was really passionate about. So I think there's a lot of good information here and hope you enjoy. Hi, O'Neill. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to the Packaging Brothers podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on. That's great. We're excited to have you on and would love to hear just about everything that's going on with you and can it change and sustainability. Yeah. So, I mean, as a consumer and especially with medical use, I was just accumulating a lot of waste and didn't know what to do with it and knew that a lot of it, especially with more packaging moving towards uh, being compostable, recyclable and reusable, that a lot of it could be disposed of more sustainably, but there was really no direct solution and place to return that or really do much with. So that was kind of where the idea for Canna Change started and giving consumers a more direct way to return that packaging. And then from there, just kind of turned into an app. <laughs> of course, I went through a, a lot of different ideas and how to execute all of that. But in the end, considering how much we use technology these days and use apps for the facilitation of nearly everything, I felt that that was the best way to go. So now I'm just kind of working on getting that rolled out and into as many dispensaries as possible. Okay. So this is really interesting. So you saw a problem with cannabis packaging waste, basically never being recycled or captured and always going to the landfill. Right. And that's how this whole thing started was you saw that there was a problem there and you were like, I'm going to try to fix that. Yeah. And I mean, I saw a lot of other people also asking dispensaries if they had programs where they could return their jars, return their other packaging. And even if there wasn't the incentive of points or credits, if they could just return it. And I mean, a lot of dispensaries were taking packaging, I'm sure, if consumers were really eager to return it. But it wasn't really, there was really no direct way to facilitate that type of program and that consumer dispensary relationship. So I wanted to be able to meet that consumer demand and also show dispensaries that it is there and it needs to be met. So if they're willing to do that and take back this packaging and kind of divert it from the landfill, which is of course the hope with all of this, and in turn give consumers points that turn into dispensary credit and allow them to track the waste they save through the app that, you know, that benefits dispensaries in the end too. So that was, yeah, it kind of all came full circle once I was able to organize that idea a bit more, but it did all kind of come from seeing that problem in the beginning. I'm guessing you've you've had to overcome a bunch of obstacles and challenges, but overall, like how how has it been going? I mean, it's been going pretty well in terms of, again, like the consumer interest because the demand is so high for more sustainability initiatives in general, but especially in cannabis because of that strong overlap between cannabis consumers and also people really interested in sustainability and wanting to put more into sustainability efforts. I think that the biggest obstacle right now is getting dispensaries to also see the benefit for them and how it increases their profitability and their customer loyalty and 
helps them build a close relationship with consumers because they're seeing their values and, and helping meet them with an initiative like Canna Change. So I think in terms of the production of the app and getting that rolled out and getting consumer interest on board, that's been really great. And I've had a lot of support with that. So that's been awesome to see. And now I'm just hoping to be able to make it more available to as many consumers as possible. What what have been some of the biggest, I don't know, issues or challenges that you've had to overcome to really bring this thing to life? Has it been interest on the dispensary side or consumer engagement or issues or what? I think that what I'm finding is in a lot of states, well, of course, the back-end waste management is also very state-specific, which I think a lot of people don't realize. Um, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, well, why don't you just use one hauler and one processor for recyclables, compostable packaging, and reusable packaging from state to state, but that doesn't exist. Like We can't haul or process any packaging that has previously contained cannabis, even if it's empty across state lines. So I've had to, oh, interesting. yeah, I've had to facilitate relationships from state to state with back end waste haulers and processors that can collect the returned packaging through Canna Change from dispensaries, transport it, and then process it at their facilities, whether they're sorting it and then sanitizing glass jars and returning them or breaking it down into recyclable material. If it's something, a different material like plastic or aluminum, or again, composting if it's compostable. So. I've had to work state to state to find services on the back end that can do all of that. And so I think that's been the most difficult thing, especially in states where there's not a lot of services like that available. So in like in states that just aren't as sustainability friendly or, you know, they don't have a lot of recycling, composting available. Maybe the legislation there isn't as flexible around take back programs and dispensaries being able to sanitize and reuse jars and all of that. I really think that the nuances and all of those things and the differences from state to state on the back end has been the biggest obstacle and also why some dispensaries are struggling to implement it. You are amazing. <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's just, you know, it's rare. I, I, I think for people to see a problem and then start to like work really hard to find a solution, especially something that's pretty difficult like this. I mean, just to think about all the different, like the challenges with recycling alone are challenging. And then you add in the component to where every state needs to be processing them differently. The number of packaging formats and materials that you're going to have to, that you are considering. And then all the different waste providers, waste streams, companies that are going to have to work with you and the collection points to make sure that the end product can actually be recycled and then turned into a recycled material that is going to find another life. That's not just going to be dumped back into a landfill. Yeah. Yeah, really having to track the process from not only beginning to end in terms of the app on the front end with consumer engagement, but on the back end after it's collected, you know, currently with where the company's at, it's not something that I'm able to manage in addition to the front end engagement and the app itself. So that's kind of why I've had to reach out to companies state to state that can facilitate those those back end services. But I mean, I do hope to be able to work towards that more in the future and also just see more flexible legislation around all of those things and with more encouragement around sustainability, especially. But hopefully as we see more of that, yeah, I really hope that all of that back-end management becomes easier because I will say in the states where dispensaries already have those well-established relationships with haulers and processors that can 
uh, recycle waste, compost waste, sanitize things like glass jars and uh, return them to dispensaries for reuse. I really see Canada Change also becoming well-established in dispensaries in states uh, where that's the case. So hopefully in states that don't have as many services like that available, as we see those increase, we can also get Canna Change to reach consumers there as well. You're from Colorado, but you live in California now. I'm guessing that those are two states that are that are easier to work with. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where the shock came in from some states that I've never been to. I like I honestly just don't know a lot about in terms of their legislation around sustainability and even cannabis. So I had to really educate myself state to state, especially because, like you said, Colorado and California with both sustainability and cannabis are very different from states that are a lot stricter with their regulations and don't have as many like recycling or composting services available. Yeah. Wow. What are some of the other aspects of, of cannabis and sustainability that you're, that you're also interested in? I mean, I really hope that as we see more legislation around cannabis become flexible state to state, that federal legalization is also on its way. I think that's long overdue. So uh, I think I'm I'm really passionate about making cannabis more accessible and also the the education piece I think is really important. I think that a lot of the fear and stigma around cannabis and the consumption of it comes from a lack of education and not enough people having an open conversation about it. So I got my medical card uh, around 16. So I've been consuming it regularly for a while now and from that age even when it was for medical use I did see a lot of the stigma around it. And I think that even though I've seen a lot more people start consuming and be more open to education and conversation around it, of course, that stigma is still really strong with it still being criminalized and disproportionately affecting marginalized communities. So I think on all those subjects, I'm, I'm very passionate about just really pushing for full legalization and also just helping marginalized communities that have been disproportionately affected recover uh, and I mean, on the sustainability end, I think that really applies as well, because environmental justice is also very important to me. So I think that that overlap is something that I always am, am really focused on maintaining as well. What is it about your, just who you are or your background that kind of made you passionate about these, these uh, topics? Or when did you realize that these were things that you were really passionate about? I think that I've always been just very strong-minded, um, especially, I mean, I'm sure even my parents would say that kid, I was just like, I never want like a normal job. I never want to just like, I, I need to make an impact and I need to make an impact in places that I'm very passionate about. And that was always racial justice, you know, I mean, uh, like being Black, you experience things firsthand, you experience racism firsthand, but then also I think as I started consuming cannabis and also just growing up in Colorado and in Denver specifically, where it was normalized, but there's still such a strong stigma around it. And I've seen the criminalization really harm marginalized communities and the Black community especially. So I think even growing up and seeing that and hearing about everything happening around that and and just experiencing it firsthand, I think that it would almost be inevitable for me to become really passionate in that area. But then also just considering that I've always really wanted to make a difference and know that my career did have an impact and it wasn't just, you know, me having a a typical conventional job. I think that those things combined and then being in the generation that I am where the climate crisis is becoming so severe and really needs to be addressed more immediately. I think that I was kind of just bound to end up in this 
in this realm of really passionately pursuing really anything that, that can allow me to impact the world in a more meaningful way. Right. That's incredible. I've heard that the world of tech and building apps and all those things are, are not the easiest to navigate either. And you've figured that out as well or in the process of, of it. What was your experience like trying to create an app and build an online platform that would you know, connect so many people to the recycled packaging and dispensaries and everything else? I mean, it's a, that's a tall order. Yeah, definitely. I have never had any previous experience in software or like any sort of development. I don't know anything about coding. I don't know anything about any of that. So in the beginning of this process, I learned as much as I could, especially because I was really focused on the design of the app and just in general, the facilitation of how everything would work because I knew what I wanted to accomplish, but didn't know how I could streamline it so that it it played out in a very simple way. It was easy to implement. So I did learn as much as I could and tried to do everything on my own to actually get the app into its final product, but kind of like pretty quickly realized that it was going to be a lot more difficult than I had initially planned. So I had worked with a team of software developers on the actual production of, of the app. And that was incredibly helpful, especially because I also didn't realize how difficult it was to get an app related to cannabis approved in app stores. That was not something I had considered because we're not selling anything, distributing anything, producing anything that even has to do with the plant. We don't even touch the plant itself. So once we had finally gone through all of these steps, I had worked with this team of developers for months and months and months to actually execute the idea. When it was time to actually upload the app, the app stores were so incredibly strict about the wording and the descriptions and exactly what the app was doing. And so, yeah, that was a whole other thing that I had never considered and realized how how difficult it was to overcome, which I think, again, goes back to the stigma around cannabis and the idea that it always is related to criminal activity or the production and distribution of an illicit substance. Or to nature. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You, uh, You wrote down that your favorite quote is, Taylor Swift, and she says, uh, anytime someone tells me I can't do something, I want to do it more. Yeah. (laughs) It seems like, it seems like that's been a theme in this business endeavor as well. Yeah, definitely. I I never realized how much that quote resonated. I think I heard it when I've always been a huge fan of hers, but I didn't realize until more recently how much that resonated and very clearly translates into my career passions and endeavors. What advice would you have for whether young people, students, or professionals out on the workforce right now that are basically seeing problems around them all the time, but maybe don't have the courage or the confidence or the desire to like make the type of change that you're trying to make? Like, what would you, what advice would you have for them? Well, I was the same way for a very long time because I always had lots of ideas and things that I wanted to execute, but would kind of just push them away. And then somebody said to me, like, if you have these very persistent ideas and your mind just won't let go of them, it's because your mind is telling you to actually do something with them. Like, stop pushing them away. Stop ignoring them. These are good ideas. And if you're not going to do it, somebody else is. And I think once I heard that, I mean, I had seen that play out a lot where people would have ideas that they didn't execute and then say, see someone else do it and say, wow, that should have been me. But I never really thought about how that would feel. And so once I imagined someone else taking an idea like Hannah Change and executing it and how that would feel, 
knowing that I could have been the one to do that, that's really what drove me to put it into action. So I think that that point of reflection for a lot of people is what can get them to realize how good their ideas are and that your mind is wanting you to actually do something. And if you're not able to, and if you're continuously pushing them away, your mind does kind of let go of them. And I think you lose a lot of that creativity and that spark and drive that is initially there. So I think it's really important to acknowledge your ideas and execute them when possible, because you never know what can come from that. How can our listeners support Canon Change and what you're trying to accomplish? I think something that's been really helpful is people talking to their local dispensaries, even if it's not specifically about Canon Change, but just about sustainability in general. Because I think that I think consumers that are also uh, in the business end of the industry do see the concern about packaging and are willing to leverage that concern and offer a solution like Canna Change. But I also think that on the dispensary end, sometimes it can be a bit of a blind spot because we see a lot of brands that are actually producing the packaging or the products themselves or the cultivators focusing on sustainability. And so I think a lot of the retailers don't feel that they actually have a place in that to navigate the world of sustainability. So if consumers can show them that if something like Canna Change is offered, they will use it has been really helpful, especially if you're already a customer at a dispensary and you voice your concerns about packaging and let them know that if they were to offer something like Canna Change, you would use it. That's extremely helpful along with just downloading the app, following our social media, signing up for our newsletter, which are all under the handle Canna Change and on our website also where you can find our newsletter. So all of those things have been really helpful in, again, showing dispensaries the interest in getting them to offer our program. Great. I talked to Mia Davis, who is a co-founder of a company called PACT, P-A-C-T. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're basically trying to capture, they are collecting like beauty waste, like beauty packaging waste. So like lip, like cosmetics or lip gloss, you know, canisters or you know, all those things that are basically never recycled. And they've been going through this process now for a year. It might be, if you'd like, I can, I can, you know, introduce you to Mia and. um, Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. I think I've seen a lot of people try to do other similar things in different industries, which I think is really smart. I think in every industry, there's a place for something like this and and more sustainability initiatives. Yeah. I think what's kind of cool about the solutions that are popping up is you know, the, the national waste collection stream or process is really unable to, to move quickly and develop these solutions to solve these like smaller problems. And so whether it's beauty packaging or cannabis packaging or whatever, it's really cool to see these kind of like hyper localized solutions that, that are kind of custom tailored to the industry and to the region or state that they're kind of operating in. Yeah, I think that the I think in every industry there's regulations that are difficult to work around when you're an individual company. And I think the hope is that on a larger scale, those just become more flexible and become more fitting for sustainability initiatives. But when you don't see that change happening, and especially when we're in such a state of crisis with this the state of the climate, I think that that's when people really feel the need to take action themselves and implement initiatives like this. So I think it's really cool to see that happening in every industry. And like you said, be so custom tailored to each to really benefit retailers and consumers and everyone in between. Well, O'Neill, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with us today. Thank you so much too. It was great to be on. And 
I really look forward to seeing what else you're up to. I've loved listening to your past podcast, so I'm excited to hear the future ones as well. Oh, that's really nice of you to say. Uh, I just like doing it. It's really fun to meet nice people like you and learn about what they're doing. And I think, you know, one of my takeaways from this episode is just how inspiring you are. So thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. All right. I hope we can talk soon. Thank you as well. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Hope you enjoy this episode. As always, would love to hear from you. And until next time, take good care. Bye now.